this episode of The Fool Nerd, damn it, Steam Deck Reviews. In this episode of The Fool Nerd, Steam Deck Reviews, uh, okay, this time it's going to work. In this episode of The Fool Nerd, Steam Deck Reviews, NVIDIA Arm Deal Dead, and Stadia Dead Again. Welcome to episode 205 of The Full Nerd. I'm your host, Gordon Mong, with co-host Brad Charkas. Hello, Internet. Eleni Yee. Hi, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray, controlling the vertical and horizontal. So, Gordon, are you uh, to our pre-show conversation, are you saying that there's people who think that you don't like pandas? Who, who are these people? No, I, I'm just saying on a, on a previous, uh, previous employer, we had a podcast, and I pointed out that pandas really shouldn't exist because... They they have to eat their weight in bamboo every day just to survive, and they only re, they only procreate like once every decade or two if you're lucky. Huh. There's just nothing that would indicate that a panda should be here after all this time. Dang, I, I will have to go back and listen to that. I don't remember that. That's a... kind of wish I was a panda. And then people said I hated pandas because of that. That's not true. <laughs> you should make a I mean, shirt that just says I don't hate pandas. It's just things are taken out of context. Uh, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's the internet, right? That's what happens on the internet. That is exactly. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, speaking of speaking of context, uh, we have the Steam Deck. Uh, actually, no, Brad. Somebody asked this in Discord. Do does PC World have a Steam Deck in for testing? We do not. If we did. We would have posted right along Linus and Gamers Nexus. Well, actually, actually, no, I, I don't even know that because I was listening to the giant bombcast that happened yesterday, and uh, they got a Steam Deck in, but they're not even allowed to talk about their stuff. So it sounds like Steam Decks are more out in the wild, hmm. but only yep. Linus and Steve were e- even able to show anything. Uh, the o- others yep. are able to acknowledge they have it, but not even show anything. So we, we don't, but we don't have it. We do not have it. No, so we, we don't can, have one. We can say everything we want. <laughs> we could anyway but uh <laughs> the yeah it seems like Valve was really targeted with what they who they focused on for steam deck hardware reviews that's what went up this week like gamers nexus steve and them over there always do great work they were selected to look at the steam deck hardware linus obviously is linus they got steam deck and somebody who i'd never heard of before but it's pretty awesome called fox p-h-a-w-x also did a preview of it and they all say it's surprisingly awesome for basically being a tiny, low-powered handheld gaming PC, they they all have nothing but good things to say about it. It is very impressive, you know. I mean, it really does look like this. This is going to work. It might really work, you know. Yeah, uh, it it was um, way way above my head. Uh, but the I, I did watch. Um, so Steve over at Gamers Nexus posted two videos. The first one was kind of impression of the hardware. The second one was actually tear down which went way deeper than a normal teardown. Like they, they brought on some engineer guy, Patrick to like, like actually look at all the different like uh, <laughs> chips that are on the board and, and, and talk about like where they're from and what they do and stuff like that. So way over my head, but it, it seems like uh, they were like, Oh wow. Okay. This is, they, they did a lot of the right uh, kind of decisions when, when making this hardware. Uh, so, you know, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Gamers Nexus. Patrick's done a lot of, Good stuff for him recently as far as nitty-gritty chip stuff, power supply stuff, stuff like that, Patrick Stone. Uh, yeah, they came away very complimentary. Uh, they say, hey, you know, it feels good. It doesn't run hot. Uh, Gamers Nexus said, what did they say? They said specifically uh, it's, like, extremely well-engineered and 
you know, makes a lot of sense what they did with the thermal stuff for what it does. Uh, they couldn't talk too much about games. Uh, they all, the three sites all talked about the same four or five games, hardware impressions, uh, Forza Horizon 5, Ghost Runner, Dead Cells, and Control. And it's clear that you're going to have to do some settings tinkering to get it to run. Obviously, this is basically a souped-up AMD APU. So, you know, you're going to have to make some visual compromises to get control really running on this. But they said, you know, native resolution, medium, you'll get 30 frames per second. Uh, You should drop some stuff down to make it run a little bit better. Uh, But in general, yes, some games were way over the 60 frames per second that... You know, you aim for on a PC. You can be a little more, you know, loose with your frame rates on a handheld console because it's real small right in front of you. Uh, And, yeah, it seems really good. People like it. They say the ergonomics are great. Uh, Linus is like me. He has small hands. He said you might have some troubles reaching some of the – because the Steam Deck is physically large. You might have some troubles (laughs) reaching (laughs) some of the corner things. But it wasn't too bad. So, yeah, you know. Valve gave some real legit YouTube channels a full access to this hardware, and both Steve and the folks over at Gamers Nexus and Linus just say, hey, yeah, the hardware at least is the real deal. Uh, they can't talk about the software stuff yet. I'm presuming aside from the five games that they were allowed to test, or five or so games they were allowed to test. Uh, so closer to the February 25th launch, I'd expect to see a lot more reviews from the other sites like the Giant Bomb and all them. The, the, the sites that focus on the actual gaming experience itself rather than the hardware aspect. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have another round of reviews coming at some point, but people have been psyched about this thing and it looks like it might just live up to the hype. It also speaks a lot um, to the expectations. I think people should have RDNA two, which they talked about at, at, uh, at CES as well. But you know, now we basically have sort of, I trying to think there haven't been any RDNA two because Xbox is no, definitely not. That's yeah. I had to, but I mean, it's more of a discrete part. This is more of a APU style design. No, Xbox of all the consoles are all APUs as well, custom APUs. Oh, is it actually all completely on a single yep. SOC? Wow. Yep. Okay, I always thought it was like a, se- a separate external part. Right? Tells and, you how and, much I pay attention and, to it. And because the consoles as well as the Steam Deck are based on our DNA two, they can run ray tracing. Uh, so let's see here. Gamers Nexus tested Ghost Runner with ray tracing enabled. Uh no, disabled. I forget. I think but control. Obviously, ray I think trace, control on one. Yeah, obviously ray tracing might be a little rough to do on a portable game. <laughs> of course, era. yeah. Uh, but something that popped up aside from these reviews this week is uh upcoming build of SteamOS, the Linux-based operating system that Steam Deck runs on. Uh, is adding in basically AMD FSR, but for all games. Like, you can just manually enable it. So that would help a lot with this. At the OS uh, level. Yeah. At the OS level, yeah. Or at least the game level, like, higher up. Yeah. So that could help with it as well. I'd be curious to see how that looks, because the Steam Deck resolution is always like, already like 1260 by 800 or something like that. Like, it's just a little bit more than 720p. I'm not sure if you can reduce that too much, like FSR does, without getting gnarly jaggies and stuff like that. So we'll have to see how that works, but that could push it even further. Yeah, uh, actually, Gordon, did you see uh, a shot of the actual chip itself? It was like a so it had, cool. a, had a custom no. custom plate. Uh, yeah, that said like a it's it had like the Valve logo and then oh uh, yeah AMD no I did see it. that yeah yeah 
I was that that's actually pretty cool. I, did anybody get into the bomb costs of this, or is that really more of a I fix it? I mean, some other I, I would imagine <laughs> through the course of Steve's testing, you know, and uh, being able to identify every single piece in there, they probably know it. They probably right. just can't talk about it. And the a bomb cost is build the material that's basically uh, your receipt for all the crap you got to put into a piece of hardware, right? So yeah, I'm just wondering. Yeah, but it, Linus did kind of get into it. He compared it to competing handhelds like this like the indo i believe it's called and there's mm. another one yeah uh and he said those really aren't even competitors because they're roughly the same power maybe a little bit less but they cost twelve hundred dollars plus this mm. starts i believe at four hundred dollars yeah. but the highest end was only 650 so they're like that's not even real competition this is literally mm. half the price yeah most of those are intel based systems running off you know igp there so actually the performance is can be drastically worse in, in some of them but yeah i mean the cost like I, I would say the the thing he was saying was that like the biggest the biggest downside i saw was that the color accuracy was like ooh, real bad compared to the uh, i and neo ones i yeah. mean it, it'll be yeah. fine enough uh like I'm, I'm not like super worried but the 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 screens on those i and neos like are, are definitely really not like one of them has like 4k or something so yeah of course it's going to be like 1400 1500 dollars oh. you know so yeah it's just not in the same league yeah. i just wonder because at 400 dollars that is just like a really really good starting price, at for what you get i mean starting but i mean four to 650 it's is, the same thing yeah is, i would yeah. do 650 for the additional storage i'm guessing that's the difference well right? and, and actually the, and it has a better screen oh really huh yeah, yeah there's a little bit of a coating on it yeah uh but the the transfer, I think it was Linus who looked at the transfer speeds or, or the loading speeds uh, off of the internal memory and off of also an SD card. And there's there's definitely a little bit of a, a, a difference, but not super bad. Like now I'm like, oh, man, should I have gotten the, the more expensive one? Because the SD card like one actually is probably going to be fine enough, hmm. uh, especially yep. if you compare it to like a switch or something. I mean. So <laughs> I'm just wondering one because, thing. One, one thing you notice from the teardowns, uh, people have been talking about: can you replace the SSD? And the answer is theoretically yes, if you can find one of the small thumbnail SSDs, which are very hard to find for consumers. Uh, but looking at uh, right, I think is what it is. Yeah, the excellent teardown that Steve and them at Gamers Nexus did. Like the SSD has like special shielding on it. It's right next to the Wi-Fi chips and stuff like that. So you probably really should not be thinking about upgrading that SSD. Unless you absolutely have to. Well, unless you're willing to take the risk of bricking it and just you know yeah. w- waiting months and months to get another one. So, in fact, Valve even released a video that says, "Hey, don't do this." But if you were not to do this, you would remove these screws, and then you would remove this if part. You but you should do this, <laughs> yeah. and then you remove this part, and then like, yeah, there you go. Don't do this. Yep. So they they're yep. obviously they're fine with you doing it, but. You should They're accept valve. the consequences of taking the, the unit apart and breaking it. I mean, but it also sounds like for most people, running off the SD card is... You it's know, not bad, right? Is, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not, not horrible. It's not going to kill it. I guess I'm just surprised because, yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, I know everybody's going to go, well, in, in the reason why those other uh, handheld PCs cost so much is because of the Intel chip, but I don't think that that could just be it. I think it's part of it. No, but I, th- I think it's also the, the screens. You know, the uh, screens. But also, I'm, I'm sure, like, the it, it, quantities, yeah. like, scale. Yeah. The economy of scale. Yeah. yeah you know. Yep. Economy of scale. And I'm sure, like, those companies put these out because there's nothing like it there in each product that, you know, if you wanted to get a handheld gaming PC, you had to go buy their stuff. Valve just wants this to happen. So I'm sure they're selling this for right. Pretty damn near or below cost. Yeah, this is an impressive piece of hardware for what you're getting. That's why I'm wondering if they're actually it's actually a loss leader, almost like a traditional you know console where you would lose money for a few years in order to sort of build up that base. 
I mean, maybe Valve, I don't think they'd want to lose money, but maybe they're fine just sort of breaking mostly even because... Well, I did, I ran a piece, I'll probably update it soon. I ran a piece right after the Steam Deck was announced about why it runs Linux. Uh, basically because ever since Windows 8 came out, Valve and Gabe Newell was one of the most outspoken people saying, hey, what's up with this Windows store? They're trying to make Windows a walled garden. This is crap. Uh, and ever since then, Valve has been working real hard to boost Linux. Like, and just making this Steam Deck exist, putting it out there as a loss leader. Like, now all of a sudden, all these games run on Linux now. Like, Valve's been working on Proton for a long time. It's been mostly there, but having this coming out, having to have so much attention, is putting a lot of focus on it, and a lot of developers are starting to make you know, their games, make sure they work on Linux. All the easy anti-cheat and uh, battle eye and all those things that never worked on Linux are now working on Linux because this is happening. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if this, they don't mind getting it out there cheap just to straighten that escape hatch in case they need it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's good too. Real quick, I, I do want to clarify. Uh, the the chat is pointing out uh, nice people in the chat that uh, they there there is actually a Neos with uh, Vega graphics like AMD based solutions. It's not all Intel. Oh, okay. Uh, but yep. yeah, and a lot the, of the ones are Intel. Yeah. But with AMD, AMD um, Vega, it's but yeah, it's the older uh, chips. It's still. It's not like it's like oh, it's four four hundred dollars cheaper, right? I'm, no, 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 no. I don't. Yeah, the, I mean, the other thing worth pointing out is battery life, because uh, that's obviously a big concern with stuff like this. Valve said anywhere from two to eight hours, depending on what you're doing. Uh, Gamers Nexus was never able to get eight hours. They never got beyond six hours of battery life. And some AAA games got as little as 90 minutes. Uh, Steve, Gamers Nexus, says you're going to want to make sure V-Sync is on and you cap the frame rates to the 60 hertz screen resolution if you can. Mm -hmm. Uh to get the most batteries otherwise you're not going to get anywhere close to the numbers that valve said uh but you know that's reasonable for what this is uh when i travel with my switch i already travel with a power bank and just leave it plugged into the USB-C and just let the power bank run the whole time it sounds like this is the you're going to want something like that on hand for this too yeah that that yeah i i i can't imagine anything really giving you tons and tons of battery life on the internal battery just carry a, a USB-C power bank at this point so it's not a big deal yeah yeah you can get them real cheap these days so yeah and actually steve did a lot of testing to show uh you know if there's extra heat built up by charging uh is it able to charge at the full capacity while it's it's gaming because sometimes the switch uh, can't do that as well so and and it, yeah they said it, it, it pretty much all fine so i wonder how you know yeah. the thing that always gets me about um portable devices though is this can anybody know how serviceable is the battery because especially a lot of these really low capacity batteries, they just like the service life is like nothing. It feels like you got to replace them within a 24 months. And I'm wondering how easy that is for an end user. I know Steve's teardown got into that. I don't know the answer. Off the uh, top of my that was actually one of his chat. negative points. Yeah, yeah. The chat was saying that it's glued in or a, a lots, lots of glue. Like it, it was yeah. a little harder to get out than the normal. That's a bummer. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah. it is a bummer, but. I can understand the decisions that were made to make this exist to begin with. Like, it's crazy that this is a portable handheld gaming device. You got to make some, the glue sucks. But, yeah. I mean, but like you were saying, Valve says, don't open this, but if you were going to, here's how you do it. Uh, I think Valve is doing what they can. They've always been a very PC first kind of company. I don't think they were trying to be jerks about it. Yeah. And for people who don't know, the I know everybody gets like, angry when they hear glue and mobile devices but the glue is not there to be anti-consumer usually it's it's just to make it feel 
like it's solid. You don't like nobody likes to pick something up and have it squeeze like a sponge. So it makes it more solid, it makes it more rigid. The battery's not going to bounce. You know, there's actually a lot of real solid reasons to use glue, but I just that is a bummer because I just knowing a lot of my devices and the batteries go flat, you're like you're just kind of screwed, especially you know like the the smart watches and the earbuds, the batteries, you know, the lipo batteries are just terrible. So, yep. Yep. The uh, other thing worth mentioning, the only major negative, not major negative, minor negative that really popped up uh, was the haptic feedback. Uh, Linus said that the feel of the controllers right up there with his favorite console controllers. So in general, it feels great. I mean, a lot of us have used the Steam controller. That felt great, too. This is an evolution of that, basically. Uh, they couldn't find room or power to put haptic feedback in the thumbsticks. So if you're used to rumble, you're not going to get that in the thumbsticks. There's still a weak version in the touchpads, but no haptic feedback in the thumbsticks. I, is that a deal breaker for controller players, Elena? Uh, Adam? I hate, no? I love, I, I use controller a lot, actually. I love haptic feedback, but. For this device, like with battery life being a concern, I think that's a reasonable thing to leave out. If it was an option to turn it off and I owned one of these, I'd probably turn it off to get the extra half hour plus of battery life. I agree. Yeah. Like it's nice to have, but it's not like necessary. I think even even having just some is better than like zero. I think if they take it out completely, that would be actually a bigger concern for me because it'd just be too jarring a difference. Yeah, it's it's hard because uh, you know, and people don't realize this on on phones, and maybe it's just because you know somebody like me switches phones a lot. But the haptic feedback changes a lot from phone to phone. Uh, you can start to yeah. really feel it. Uh, and bad haptics mm-hmm. in a phone, you can ooh, you can you can feel. Same thing with a controller. I actually even say even more so. So it is a little bit of a bummer, but yeah, I mean, all yeah, yeah. The other interesting tidbit is that. Since these are basically running, because this is a Linux-based operating system, it's running an emulated-ish, not quite, version of Windows. Uh, they did see some issues with some games. Forza Horizon 5 was one of the ones that Valve let them test. And even when they got it up to about 60 frames per second, uh, the open world and lighting engine would make weird physics issues for Linus. Mm. So there's still some software work to happen there. I expect it to get straightened out pretty quickly because I have the feeling this is going to be a very popular device. Uh, But yeah, so there's still going to be some rough edges. This is still like when when it was first announced, I called this a Nintendo Switch for PC nerds. And I mean... To me, that's really, like, reading the reviews, this impressive piece of hardware, that really feels like what it is to me. Like, you're going to want to know how to be able to tinker with settings and all that kind of stuff to get the best out of it. So, but it will, I mean, because they want to have Proton, they want to have their, you know, Steam OS kind of pushed. They will sell a Windows version? No, I think that no. you have to do it yourself. Yeah. Oh. Huh. Yeah. I thought I read somewhere that they actually don't recommend, like, Windows like per se for installation, oh. like you can do it, but they don't necessarily recommend you do yeah. it. Kind of like yeah. the, we don't recommend you open this, but you can do it. Yeah. I fully a hundred percent believe that. Cause this is a PC that's controlled by a controller that's bolted onto it basically. So windows isn't really made for that. So I can totally understand that, but I think it's super cool that valve's like, yeah, you know, it's a Linux gaming PC. You just hold it in your hands. So you can do whatever you want. you totally don't want to do that but you can if you want <laughs> yeah and you know it, it would go against you know everything 
Valve has stood for, you know, sort of the openness of the PC to say, hey, no, you, you can't install another OS on here other than ours. That would mm-hmm. go against everything they've sort of pledged. So I, I'm guessing they're going to have drivers if you do want to do it. And, and for most part, it, is, it sounds like it's mostly, you know, off-the-shelf hardware. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm curious. I, I know it's not recommended, but there's a part of me that's like, ooh, I, I want to see how Windows is going to run on there. I don't know if I'll, I'll do we, it my own, but... <laughs> Oh, if we had one to test that I didn't spend my own six hundred and fifty dollars on, then I would. That'd be the one of the first things that I did. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that to somebody else. Well, I'm sure you could wipe it and install, reinstall the stock OS again. But I mean, it's a good. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I don't know what re- reinstalling Steam OS would be like either. Uh, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I just kind of wonder. So, I've you know the. The the long the long view has been handheld gaming is pretty much dead, killed by smartphones. I know that we have the Switch. The Switch is a surprise hit. But is there anything else really that's ever caught on for handheld gaming? Other than the retro folks who basically want to relive the being, you know, 12 again. But. Do not do I mean, not discount those because a lot of people buy those. A stuff. lot of people buy them, but, you know, I'm just What's wondering. The analog just came out? Yeah. Analog mm-hmm. Pocket has been yeah blown yeah, up. Somebody got that. Well, but I guess what I mean is like a real company, like a a, a real Game company Boy to, or Game Gear to or toss like a ton that. of money into it. Yeah, and like, hey, we're going to go into it. So you know, hobbyists doing something or a GoFund, you know, wherever the heck those small, you know, group whatever raising money to build stuff. That's that's kind of different than like you know Sony or I mean Sony had the Vita years ago, and that kind of that feels like that got crushed by. By uh, by phones, right? Uh, no, they got crushed by piracy. <laughs> that in the PSP, <laughs> like it cracked wide open. <laughs> so it was really, like, I can do whatever the hell I want on it. Yeah, really? So. so you're blaming? I no, that it was. Pri- I mean, uh, of course, part of it was phones, but no, like yeah, Sony has come out and said, "Hey, listen, we we don't, are, we're not going to support this anymore because it's just a wild west. Like, why dump all this development money into it if people are just going to crack it?" So. That- that's actually uh, another thing that came out this week that's separate from the reviews. Uh, Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic, said they're not going to be putting work into making Fortnite compatible with this, which is a bummer. Uh, but it makes sense. Epic also runs Easy Anti-Cheat, one of the big anti-cheat things that hasn't worked on Linux forever. They've been putting work in to make it work for this, so they are not ignoring this whatsoever. But they said, because it is a Linux-based thing, you can install your own kernels, do all kinds of things, and it just... With the amount of players that Fortnite has, it makes piracy and circumventing that a big issue. So that's why they're not putting work into Fortnite making that happen, which is a bummer. Hmm. But I would have thought that, sense. you know, Epic's whole point is like, we want to be everywhere. As long as you don't charge us money, you're 30% mm-hmm. to get there. I would have thought they would say, let's let's go ahead and do it, even though it's, mm-hmm. you know, technically a competing product. But why not yeah. do it? But yeah. So it's not, but <laughs> but they are putting work into easy anti-cheat, so other epic kind of games will be able to run in there. Uh, but, you know, a lot of the secret sauce comes through Steam's Proton technology, which comes Bab's Proton technology, which comes through Steam. So you're going to mostly want to stick the Steam Deck games on the Steam Deck anyway, so... Which, that's that's the big question, and if all, all the hardware reviewers are like, hey, listen, we can't talk about the operate, you know, the software side of it other than what they had cleared, but you know that's kind of it's who cares about the hardware if the software's not not there so like yeah we will see i that's agree the last big question i agree that's a hundred percent the million dollar question for this device that being said i find this initial batch of reviews very encouraging and i find the fact 
that both Steve at Gamers Nexus and Linus were clearly very positive about this overall is a good indicator that it'll run fine 90% of the time. And also... Like, that's just a number I'm pulling out of my butt, but their general response to this makes me think that it's going to run relatively well. And targeted, too, you know, to say, hey, you know what, we're, we're going to put this in front of, you know, <laughs> Steve, who, who's, who... I mean, if it was bad, he was going to tear it apart, you know, uh, so they, they felt pretty confident about it, so... Yeah, that's why, that's why I'm not even mad about not getting one, because if Valve is clearly hyper-targeted who they gave this to, if you're going to give it to two big PC reviewers kind of deal, I'm real glad that Steve and Gamers Next got one, so... Do you think this thing's going to really make it? I, and again, I, I don't know why Adam thinks I'm a hater, but I, I mean, again, I have a closet full of, you know, those Steam, whatever the heck, the, the Steam links. Steam links? I, I literally oh, yeah. have we five of them. them. I can't give them away. <laughs> I, have, I have a controller and having witness uh, Steam machines. It's nice to see like, wow, this is like sort of the culmination of, of they've taken all those sort of failures and they've taken the best that they all the lessons they've learned to sort of poured it into this but is this really gonna and i'm not a hater because i i think it's really impressive especially for the price the value is really there but is it is it going to really be enough for developers to support it i mean I what's so. i i kind of wonder what the install base has to be for developers to say yeah hey we're going to put real work into making sure everything works because that that has killed most of the portable initiatives that i can think of you know the port the I original agree. nvidia shield it was just simply uh-huh. lack of title support that was that really killed it. Well, the original NVIDIA Shield was Android-based. Mm. This is a PC, even yeah. though it's running Linux. It runs Windows games. That's Linux. I think Linux is that... <laughs> I think that this is instantly going to become one of the more popular standalone gaming SKUs. Like, they're going to sell way more of these than Acer's going to sell a Nitro laptop. Like, these are going to be ultra-popular, I think. Boy, I don't know. Like, if you add up, if you add up all the gaming laptops, it'd be different. But I think it's just like a standalone. Like, hey, there's a Steam Deck. Here's the most popular gaming laptop. I bet you this will be right up there in terms of units sold. Do you think so? I feel like I from 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 all the people who've expressed a lot of enthusiasm about it, I feel like it's um, still a pretty specific audience at the moment. I don't know how mainstream it's going to get, really. I'm, I'm not saying that to crap on it. I'm just curious, yeah. like, where your opinion's coming from, just because of my impression of, like, who's, like, really kind of glumped onto this at the uh, All right. My opinion is based on the fact that there's clearly intense amounts of interest in it just across the Internet. Uh, mm-hmm. Every forum that I go in on Twitter, like, there's tons of questions. There's tons of interest in this. And just the PC enthusiasts that I know in real life, like... There are some folks that I know who basically only play Minecraft on their desktops, and they still ask me questions. So what's up with the Steam Deck? Because this would be cool to play this on the bus on the way to work or whatever. So I guess I think once I, start rolling out, I mean, it's 500 bucks. It's under 500 bucks. It's $400, $400, <laughs> which yeah. is really killer. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, like, if you look at the Acer Nitro gaming laptops, those things are like, they've been like top 10 laptops on Amazon for like, years yeah. almost and that's the reason i thought of that one <laughs> i just sort of think there are literally probably i mean there's probably more than a million definitely right they they sell a buttload of those laptops if it, to be on that list they must sell a lot of them so yeah because that's what i'm thinking where it's like if you because you can still get a, a budget gaming laptop for about like seven to eight hundred bucks and i'll still play a decent amount of games and i'm wondering like 
fact of the matter is a handheld is still pretty specialized. Like, yes, you, you can install Windows on it if you want to. If you want to dock it, you could still do your taxes on it. You know, the same whole thing we talk about all the time. But I feel like for just from the perspective of like a mainstream person, like if they're in a store and they're like, I want to play games, like I'm still kind of wondering how many of them would pick up a Steam Deck over an actual laptop. I'm I'm curious to see how many people who would have upgraded to a 3050 or another graphics card for 400 plus dollars will be like, all right, I'll get one of these instead. Actually, so somebody in chat did <laughs> say that, hey, I, I can get behind the Steam Deck uh, as opposed to an overpriced GPU. I, th- I can't remember who mm. said it, sorry. I guess, but I mean, I mean, it's it's clear, you know, Linus, Steve, other people that have touched this thing. The hardware is there. This is real hardware. The price is there. Is the software there though? And it's for well, in the when next you two weeks. Well, and I, 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 I don't really personally. I don't think it would. It's gonna like. It's gonna like. I'm not sure it would outsell some of those low end gaming laptops because I think. You know, what a lot of that's driven by is, again, hey, you need a laptop for all the other stuff in your life. Mm-hmm. And then, can I play Fortnite? Can I play Valorant? And yep. I'm not, you know, sort of like those those free-to-play huge game ecosystems really drive so much PC gaming. Is there Minecraft? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there'll be Minecraft on there. And then... um and again, I'm I I know that there is a lot more controller support in games, but I still think the vast majority of most of PC games is still done mouse keyboard for shooters. Because yep. I mean, the the place that PC is, is has always ruled on is shooters, and that's that's really mouse and keyboard, right? So those are yep. all kind of things that, in my book, add up to why would I buy one of these Steam decks? And I think it's cool. Like, hey, four hundred dollars is almost like it'd be interesting just to mess with at four hundred dollars, but then. Am I going to spend my gaming time to play on this instead of on my desktop? No. So, no. But when you're going to work or you're traveling on an airplane, you're doing whatever. You can play Assassin's Creed Black Flag on this. <laughs> you well, can't do that with anything else. Well, no, and I mean, and Brett says this all the time. Same thing. It's like I've I've got a nice machine at home, and you know, at my office or even on the PC or on 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 the TV. So it's just like, but sometimes I just want to. You know, Lindsay's watching something on the TV, and I, I I play the Switch, so it's the same kind of like I I play the Switch all the time at home. Like I, I like the, this is a this is a an and device. I don't think ever, yes. anyone's ever going to look at a, a Acer Nitro Five yeah. in this and be like, mm, 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 mm. no, this is mm. definitely an and device. But I still think they're going to sell gangbusters. I'm I'm with yeah, Brad. I, I think they're going to outsell like yeah. like something like a Nitro Five. Yeah. I well, I mean, we'll have to see, but I, I mean, definitely, yeah. It's at the four hundred dollars, it's going to sell like hotcakes because that is just giving the thing away practically. Yeah, so. they're not going to yep. be able to keep up with demand yeah. for the first runs. Well, that's something that's, that's worth pointing out. Like you were just talking about, like this is underpowered and stuff like that. This runs SteamOS. It, it can take full advantage of Steam in-home streaming. So if you do already have a powerful gaming PC and this is your AND device, especially if you're sitting on your couch in your own home like Adam was just talking about, you can use your full-powered gaming PC and stream the game to your Steam Deck. Which so the battery the life is kind of obviously going to be better. Yeah. Battery life would be better. Uh, frame rate would be better. Latency might or might not, depending on your network. But this thing's pretty versatile, it seems like. Why wouldn't I just use my Steam Links? Well, no, it, it is using Steam Link. <laughs> No, I have Steam Links. I, I know, but it is using Steam Link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, uh, just a couple of quotes that I thought were worth pointing out from Linus's, Linus's review. He calls it arguably the most innovative gaming PC in 20 years or more, which I think says a lot. Linus has reviewed a lot of stuff. Uh, and just a quote that I loved that made sure, because all these reviews were long videos, so we did a text synopsis and embedded the videos. If you haven't had time to go check out the videos, you can go read our article on PCWorld.com. We made sure to get this Linus quote in there just because it's hilarious. Uh, talking about the haptic feedback, he called it, uh, at the moment, haptics on this device are a poo, poo stain on an otherwise crisp white sheet. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That's uh I think I would I would call room service and say you need to change sheets in this hotel room before I come in here. That's pretty bad. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. Uh well one thing I am curious about just because somebody mentioned it in chat, I am wondering who's gonna be the first to try G Force now on the Steam Deck. <laughs> I'm real curious to see GeForce Now. I'm real curious to see, because it is a PC. Like, how does Valorant run on it? Does it run on it? How does Minecraft run on it? Minecraft's not through Steam, but you should be able to clutch it in some way, because it is a Linux gaming PC. And I'm really hoping that some of the initial software reviews, especially from sites like Steve, who isn't necessarily, Gamers Nexus, who isn't necessarily into, you know, reviewing games, but more in the interest of the technology, I'm hoping that some of those initial reviews cover some of that stuff as well. It'd be awesome to have a portable Minecraft device. Would you Would you agree with that? This is the most innovative gaming PC in twenty years. I mean, I'm just thinking, like you know, everything has pretty much been iterative for for twenty years, and I'm someone who's been pl playing here for twenty years too. And I I think I could get behind that. I mean, really, what's yeah? I mean, although you could argue, well, is, is I guess it depends gaming, on what you call a PC. Well, uh, is yeah. stream gaming more innovative in a lot of ways? Or is this? I mean, this is sort of traditional, you know, fat client. This is my mm -hmm. hardware. Pixels are right in front of me. That's mm -hmm. I, I can get behind that. I mean, really, yeah. I mean, really, what's what's really been new? We've gotten faster. We've gotten better. We've gotten more RGB. Oh, but actually, mm, I mean, VR, right? I, I know. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I know. mean, no, actually, that's a that's a really perfect. <laughs> that is a perfect example, Adam. Now, let me point this out. In addition to Steam Links and the Steam Controller, the controller, I also have a Valve Index that I paid real money awesome. for. And it's awesome. And I can tell you, ain't nobody's used it in like this eight months we've gotten. It's just sort of sits there collecting dust. And I, you know, is it is the same thing? Different. The hype, the hype, the hype. VR, 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 which is awesome. And I, I fully endorse it, but... I have a HTC Vive. And it is the same boat as you. Like, it's awesome whenever we do sit around and play the Valve demos and do all the different games and everything. It's wonderful. But that's a totally different, intense and solitary, you're stuck in this little square in your room kind of a deal in Europe. Like, this is the and device. This is the thing you take yeah. on the bus. This is the thing you sit on your couch and play. It's not closing yourself off to the world and sitting there in isolation by yourself. And, and VR so, VR I, is new and different. It's, it's like they're still trying to figure out the best way to make games that, that work for VR. This is just literally a traditional gaming machine. Like, yeah. you know, when yeah. you think about it, it's got inputs. <laughs> it's got a screen, you know. Yeah. It's just the form I think factor. the closest analogy to this would be the... Uh, meta 
Quest 2. I hate that name. <laughs> the Oculus Quest 2. Because uh, <laughs> that thing's, you know, 300 bucks. It made VR accessible for the first time. Something like the Valve Index, you still need a high-powered gaming PC. The thing costs 800 or $1,000. This is, you know, made to move and made to be used often. I think VR is not. How is Quest doing? I, I don't know how. Actually, they, they came out last Christmas and said they sold a buttload. <laughs> right, but I mean, and they sold they, a buttload of, of indexes too, right? We had to get on a wait list just to get the thing. Oh, so. for sure, yeah. Quest, I mean, uh, the Quest 2 is the most popular VR headset on Steam right now. They just updated the numbers early when February switched over. And there was a big jump in VR adoption, and a lot of it was because of the Oculus Meta Quest 2. So hmm. I'm intrigued. I'm super seeing these reviews. Like I still like the proof is th- in the pudding for these. I have a feeling there will be rough edges with the software. I have a feeling it'll work fine 90% of the time, but that last 10% make all the difference for people. I can't wait to see the software review of these, but yeah. from everything I'm seeing so far, I would not, I did not put down $650 to pre-order one of these things. Uh, but now that I'm seeing the reviews, I would definitely buy one. Yeah, no, I mean, really, at $400, it really does tip that, like, yeah, what the hell? I'll just screw around, right? And, you know, and, and yeah. I can see that. I can I can legit see that because the hardware looks like it'd be a blast to just mess with, so. well, but, Especially if you like indie games, if you like indie games, if you like older games, if yes. you're not playing necessarily Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, or whatever the newest version is, uh, even the baseline SSD, I think, is 256 gigs. And that'll hold a ton of games. So if you're playing the older games, if you're playing retro games, the kind of things that'd be really good on a thing like this. So I'm really intrigued by it. I just, I'm just afraid though that like the only company that has been given permission to ever have a successful portable product and continually is Nintendo. And I don't yeah. know, nobody else really has ever cracked the code. And I, I hope this does, but Nintendo really just like they have magic all the time. They are able to do it over and over and over again. So. Yeah, that doesn't make me a gonna, hater. No, it's going to be... It's funny, because Nintendo's thing is they're always super polished. Like, they're great experiences and stuff like this. I really do think this is going to be a switch for PC nerds. I think there's going to be rough edges. You're going to have, you know, some things to go through. But it's, I think it's, it's going to be awesome in a different yeah. way. Yeah. It's for tinkers, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what you get with something that's open, right? Mm. So it's not going to be as polished as a closed system. Yeah. Um, also, I, I never said you're a hater. I just said you hate pandas. I'm just amazed. I just think they prove ev- evolution doesn't really exist. That's all. If you think about it, I'm just kidding. Uh, we do have some uh, some questions over on uh, on, on Discord. Um, Master Procrastinator, friend of the show, uh, asked Steam Deck question: What's the main thing everyone will be outraged about? Fortnite not running on it. <laughs> I think it's going to be I think there's going to be a lot of rough edges and I think people yeah. are going to go like in having gone through because you go through the hype the hype builds up to an unimaginable level we have basically really good endorsements from people that have touched hardware sometimes that 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 fall in, that valley of despair for hype launches gets is really mm-hmm. rough to, to get out of so that that's what I think is people are going to get these in their hands and it's not going to be perfect because it's it's not it's not a consumer. I mean, it's not it's not a it's not a switch, right? It's not sort of like yep. all the sharp edges have been ground off to me. It's it's going to be intentionally a little rough, and I think some people are going to freak out over it. That's what I think yeah. is going to happen. I oh, go ahead, Brad. No, you can go ahead. I was going to say kind of similar to Gordon's. I think for I think 
from my perspective, I think what's going to happen is uh, all the things that you can do with it, people are going to find out aren't as good as it sounds on paper. So like the whole installing windows, right? Um, things like that where it's like you can do it. But I think in practice, it's not going to be as uh, polished as people would hope. And so it's going to be just a disappointment for a lot of people who are like stoked about it. What I was going to say is I think that 9 out of 10 games will run just fine on it. As long as you're not playing older games or something way. Like, I, maybe not even 9. I think 8 out of 10 games will run fine enough. Like, to me, this is going to be a good enough kind of device. Uh, but I think a lot of people are going to have that one game that just something's weird about it. The text is wrong or mm-hmm. the controls don't work great. And that one game will irritate you. But I think in general, people will like it. Wow. People need to remember that, uh, like you were saying, it's going to have rough edges. Everyone makes fun of Linux gaming and has traditionally. This is a Linux gaming PC. So <laughs> Valve's been doing a lot of work since this got announced. The whole development ecosystem has been doing a lot of work to make this as polished as possible. But it still is a Linux gaming PC. So there will be rough edges. That, I mean, but isn't that, I mean, Linux gaming PCs. I, n- no offense, but they're oh, clearly the a very, very get small. Real but it's a very small subset. I mean, isn't that you're basically already taking portable, a portable device running Linux, and like you've you've basically got a really, really small group there. I think it's going to run better than you think. Uh, Vab has been putting a ton of work into Proton the last two or three years. Like uh, I actually did. If people are interested in the history of it, I did an explainer on what is Valve Proton. Explains it in context of the Steam Deck. I recommend going and reading that if you're not familiar with it. But Valve's been working on this behind the scenes for several years at this point, and it's gotten really, really good. Like the biggest downside you could say to it was the fact that those anti-cheat systems didn't work on it, and now they do. So, yeah. We'll I, and I do want to point out because I, I think having Proton, having a Linux gaming, you know, operating system alternative to Windows is incredibly valuable because you need something to balance Microsoft and keep them from going full on Apple, right? Closing everything off, and you need it to be open. You need the PC to be open. Linux OS does that for us. At the same time. Please go do all that hard work for me. <laughs> I will say you are doing hard work, but it's only when things get bad here that I'm going to leave. And I, I just well, I think that's the whole point of the Steam Deck. Like people are going to buy this thing, man, and it's going to make Linux gaming more popular and viable than ever. I guess, but you know, I think the hard thing is there are fifty thousand games in the Steam library, fifty thousand games in applications, fifty thousand. If you can't get a lot of those developers to hey, you need to optimize for the Steam Deck because people are having a bad experience. You know, I'm, I'm not doing that. There's like nobody bought this thing, right? I, I think it's developer relations is so important now. And in in the very much the important part of developer relations is you do it for me or mm-hmm. you pay me to do it. And that's really what it feels like it's become because like they're under well, such stress to to make money doing the next thing, they're not going to go back and backport something to make it work. I'm, I just kind of think like even the muscle of Intel, Microsoft, have not always gotten everybody to support right for new new initiatives. So expecting people just to do this out of the kindness of their heart, I don't know if that's something that's going to work. You know, mm-hmm. I uh, I think that. 
it depends on how Valve handles the controller. Like, I think what Valve does with the way it handles Steam, handles controller inputs in general, is very versatile and flexible. And it can build around a lot of that. And there are already users who make custom profiles for, like, the Steam controller and stuff like that. If they can figure out good, be it from Valve or be it from users' profiles for these games and make it somehow so that that's the default if you're running the Steam Deck, I think it could alleviate a lot of that. But we'll see how Valve does on that front. I guess. <laughs> I just, because I, I think back again, the Video Shield, which is just a wonderful form factor. It was just, you know, an Android phone with a screen with the, on the controls. And one of the things is like mapping controls to their control was like they had a, an application that would map the controls. And believe me, it was, it was not fun to try to do that. And it just, it didn't, it just sort of ended up sort of, it never worked out. And I, I hope it works. I do hope it works. I just, yeah, but I'm the, always skeptical that's, that's, until I see it's there. When you talk about the control stuff, that I mean, that's where steam's already are already got on lock especially with the, the steam controller like having the the profiles you can map everything you can download other people's like profiles like that the controls i, I don't think are, are going to be what there i think it's more the the copy protection the drm that's going to bring the ui something. too right they have to also well no big picture UI. mode is, is actually pretty good yep. yeah yeah or whatever they're calling it you know uh yeah so hmm. uh we'll see the, the initial hardware reviews are real good so yeah, uh, friend of the show, David MSG sixty eight hundred XT is asking, uh, "What do you, what do you anticipate will be the popular games on the Steam Deck?" Popular games that you play right now that run on it. Eh, Dota yeah. two, yeah. I think indie games. I think, uh, like I said, like I'd love to be able to play old Assassin's Creed games and stuff. I think it'd run just fine on this. Like that kind of stuff would be awesome. This would be the ultimate backlog killer. Like the games that I won't that. sit there. Yeah. They, like I wouldn't sit here and play Assassin's Creed Black Flag on my PC today. But if I'm hanging <laughs> out on a bus, yeah, let's get into that again. That'd be great. Also, for me, like as I've gotten older, it's harder for me to play RPGs either on a TV or a monitor. Like I, I prefer RPGs on the handheld now because it's really? easier to just, yeah, pick up, go, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm done. Uh, you know, and I, and I do it for long stretches of time. So the the Steam Steam uh, Deck is going to be my RPG machine, the, like the ones that I haven't got around to that aren't on Steam or on uh, Switch. I mean, so you know, I I do have a question. What how do we have any idea how much of how well this would do in multiplayer games? Because it feels like single player experience is just sort of like pulling out an album and like, hey, that's cool. But it's all about multiplayer now. I need to play against other people this should do as well i mean mm. is this gonna really work for that because it feels like so much of the pc ex gaming experience is also now multiplayer it depends again i think this is you're gonna have to be realistic about what the strength and weaknesses of this thing is like like you were saying keyboard and mouse reign supreme for obvious reasons on the pc like if you're playing on a 1260 by 800 screen with controllers with no haptic feedback and everything like you're not going to be great in a competitive multiplayer game but and you also have to take into account the fact that it doesn't have an lte thing you're going to need to be able to connect to wi-fi somehow so i i personally think that you will be able to obviously play multiplayer games on it but i think single player games would be more of the target for this i i, I will say that the there's people out there who who got what was the last i think it was doom 
Doom 2016 or maybe Doom Eternal, somebody beat it with like a Guitar Hero controller or something like that. <laughs> I mean, people can like... <laughs> If you yeah. get good with something, you can get good. If you're comfortable with the controller form factor, you, you're going to be good with this. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not worried about but that. But that's like, like saying, hey, this guy just climbed Everest, you know, in like <laughs> uh, four days, and like he just had like two well, cliff bars. Exactly, you can do it. Um, no, yeah. uh, you're going to be seeing my frozen body on the Mount Everest for the next five hundred years because well, I'm never going to make. I, it. I'm just saying it's not it's not like somebody's you know who, who's going to pick it up and just be like. I don't know how to use this. You know, like people get used to what they're doing, and they can actually get real good with it and like customize it. It's even got the custom triggers on the back. Like, I mean, there's there's definitely ways to make it your own. Like between, I mean, it's got like so much available to you. The touchpads, even the uh, it's got gyro or uh, gyroscopic control. If you if you hover your thumb over one of the sticks, that uh, you know you can use gyro. So it literally has every kind of control put method you would want in it so you can make it your own and control it however you want i i guess what i'm just wondering is if you would use it for multiplayer i mean maybe there's sort of like yes i mean i would joystick I I mean, driving i guess if for a driving game it, it could work mm-hmm. right because that's well, i i play first person shooters with controller all the time as my preferred method and i i, I do very well <laughs> on shooters so that face, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> wow it's like they made it for you adam <laughs> yeah, all those I people play shooters with controllers. Before we wrap this up, I just because I think the people watching this right now might be particularly interested. In, I've mentioned these already, but I did a couple articles back when the Steam Deck was first announced that I think people on this listening to this might particularly like. Like, if we did a synopsis of these reviews, and I included a list of some of these in there today, uh, I did. Why does the Steam Deck run Linux blame Windows? And asked an explainer on what is Valve Proton. If you're interested in this, I highly recommend going and checking both of those pieces out. Not because I wrote them. I wrote them because I find it super interesting. I think y'all might as well. So I just wanted to make sure y'all were aware of that. Awesome. Uh, <clears throat> we do have a one, maybe two more questions. Um, Liquid R, friend of the show, asks, uh, if the Steam Deck can provide a stellar user experience in ease of use and performance, could be a successful Trojan horse for SteamOS 3 on the desktop. Yeah, I mean, it is important to get, you know, because the problem with SteamOS is there's just nobody bothers to support it. Because why? Because Microsoft has backed off of the the close closure of the OS. So why do it? Right. So I, but you know, I think I encourage, you know, them to continue to support it. Although here's my oh. question though. The problem with steam OS, I will say before you ask the question is that it runs Linux continue. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it should, and it needs to, there yeah. needs to be, yeah. we, there needs to be an out. I'm, I, I fully mm-hmm. endorse that of somebody else doing all that hard work. And then <laughs> I will not support it until that's the way it is. Is this a, is this? I, and I'm pretty sure I I saw Linus called it a, a, um, a handheld portable gaming PC or something like that, right? Is yeah, it a console or is it a handheld gaming PC? It's a PC. We didn't we have this talk last time. It's a mm, PC. It did. has to be a PC. It's a we console. Had a, we had a pretty a strenuous console. argument mm-hmm. about this in the Discord. Who won? Uh, I don't think there are any winners of that. <laughs> well, yeah. since there, there are no all, winners. But I yeah. mean, none of us won. None of us are Linus. None of us have touched it. He's touched it. Obviously, he's saying it's a handheld gaming PC. It seems like that's what it is to me. I don't think glad to finally see it. Functionally out of the box, it's going to be one thing. I think what uh, you can do with it makes it another thing. So Well, but I mean, that 
the <laughs> yes, but also the argument is okay. But isn't Xbox also a PC? How are, how is the Xbox not a PC? Well, one, the, you sound like those Mac people. So, well, the Mac is a PC. Well, well then the why are you arguing PC, that the actually. Mac is better than PC if it is a PC? You cannot <laughs> argue Mac is better than PC and is also a PC. It cannot be better than itself. That's like some Schrodinger's cat thing, right? <laughs> in a refrigerator with the lights off. It doesn't... No. Well, we have well, Al- Alan Turing I- in the chat. He says, if it's x86, it's a PC. And that, that's how, that's how uh. I see it, too. I disagree with that. I think the consoles are very PC-like. That's the reason we're so much, seeing so much cross-platform stuff these days. But I think, like, Microsoft made this argument today talking about its app policies. Uh, it's the same kind of thing Epic actually said in the past. Like, it depends on whether it's a focused device, like the consoles are there to play games, whereas this is obviously you're buying it to play games, but you'll be able to install tech software on it. You'll be able to install all this other stuff. It can be used as a general-purpose device, and to me, that's the difference. Some of the early promotion materials, they actually showed it hooked up to an external monitor, like running other stuff on it and stuff like that. And I thought that was super cool. That speaks to why part of the reason why this is so awesome. Yeah, no, it's 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 a steal at four hundred dollars. It's just a steal. Yeah. Right? So I can't wait for those software reviews. Can't wait to see it. Uh, OK, well, I, I think. Uh... Yeah, I think I think that's all the the Steam Deck talk. Oh, we'll obviously talk more about it as things get closer. You know, more reviews lift and people have stuff in their hands. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. Both Keith and I have our own pre-orders, and so we will we'll, we'll oh, see nice. how it goes. Um, you know what it reminds me of though is the Nvidia Shield. Oh, the Nvidia Shield. If which only is running if, on ARM. Yeah, if only it was. Uh, if only that deal with <laughs> ARM went through. What happened, Gordon? What happened? <laughs> well, obviously, I'm wrong on that one, but I mean that was that was clearly one of those you're just gonna like take a sh- you know you you got to buy that lottery ticket once in a while. Um, <laughs> basically, what happened was I I guess the deal to Nvidia 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 and Arm's deal to sell Nvidia and SoftBank's deal to sell Arm to Nvidia got blown up. Um, it was forty billion dollars in cash and stock. Uh, Mark Hockman has a story on PCWorld.com. You can go read that. Um, basically, yeah, everybody's just kind of. They're giving up because they can. They are reading the the winds of everybody saying they're against that from mostly regulators, uh, American, mm-hmm. British, uh, Chinese regulators are all against it. Everybody wants ARM to remain Rick's bar in Casablanca. <laughs> so uh, so do all the other big tech companies. To be fair, like yes, the regulators are against it, but so are Apple, Samsung, Qualcomm, like. All the big ARM licensees are against it as well, and I guess SoftBank is going to say, "Yeah, well, we're going to just we're going to IPO ARM," which I don't know. I mean, it feels to me like ARM is damaged now, you know, because now you're you no matter what, you know, ARM can your big cash out for Apple or Google or somebody to buy it's never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. So what? What exactly? IPO. What is that? It's funny because I I just think it's like ARM is fundamentally weaker now after this deal, which which is a bummer in a way because I mean it is a very very important piece of technology. I, I don't know I think how Nvidia would have pushed it real hard, but I think keeping if it's possible ARM as a neutral party, it does not make it weaker. I think this might you know drive home the fact that it's good for arm to be a neutral party so that all these other companies can build their chips off of its technology 
I guess, maybe. Or they just think like, yeah, you know, we got to, hey, risk is looking pretty, pretty tasty right now, right? So there's a lot of support for risk these days. You know what kills me, though? Is like, how the hell? <laughs> so apparently SoftBank, NVIDIA was like, hey, walking down the street and like, hey, they're walking down the street and SoftBank's like, hey, 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 buddy. You got a second? Well, what's up? You want to look in this trunk? Yeah, what What do you got? <laughs> I'm going to sell you arm. Really? No, arm in the out of your trunk? I mean, check this out, right? And then, you know, it, the whole thing blows up. And, like, what kills me, though, is, like, how the hell does SoftBank charge a restocking fee? Like, like a $1.25 billion stocking fee. Like, restock. Well, hey, you know, you got to figure NVIDIA is like, yeah, this, you know, we this probably wasn't going to happen anyway. You know, we, we took a shot. Hey, where's that one? Like, what? $1.25 billion restocking fee that SoftBank is charging. I think restocking fee really gets to it because, like, they got nothing out of this. They, they, that's a lot of zeros. Uh, but, I'm sure it helps soften the blow because I'm sure going through all these headaches, preparing all this stuff, arguing with all the regulators and all that stuff costs a lot of money for ARM and NVIDIA both. Like, I'm sure ARM put a lot of money into trying to make this happen. So that is, I think, what that is for. I don't know. That's, I mean, it looks like it's pretty easy just to take the thing and put it back on the shelf, man. Like, $1.25 seems excessive. Like mm, that's, that's a lot of zeros. <laughs> Maybe they were smart to go ask NVIDIA. I think this deal happened at a really terrible time. Like, the reason why this deal started to happen, I think, is because of the timing. NVIDIA's stock has just been ridiculously good. So that's part of the reason why this was a lot of this was due to stock, because their valuation is so high right now that they can say, hey, we'll buy this. It's the same reason that Microsoft is buying Activision Blizzard right now, because their stock is through the roof because of the pandemic. Uh, Activision Blizzard's, Blizzard's is low because of all the controversies. Hey, time to swoop in and do this. I think that's what was happening here. But it also works against them because right now, controlling chips is like a major multinational governments are getting pissy kind of issue. Mm. And that's really what just blew it up for this. Like Intel's pushing hard to make chips in America. AMD is as well. All that stuff. And I think this is just fallout from that. Yeah, but to me, that's that's why I really sort of thought this might end up going through because there there definitely was some flag flying. Like, yeah, the FTC felt like that. A lot of people thought that was what killed it. it probably is what killed it. But at the same time, don't we want a you know a U.S. based company to control basically the CPU that powers the entire world practically? So isn't that isn't that in the interest of isn't that interest of 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 the yeah. U.S.? So I, I was kind of surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they would have if they decide to fight it if they figured out something with the U.S. But I think China and Britain were also Europe are also fighting it, and it's just way too much. <laughs> Even if it is have good ideas and good things could have happened out of it, it's just the wrong time. I I just still, I still think Arm comes out of this weaker. You know, everybody, How? huh? How? Well, because one, it's it is neutral now, and sometimes you're you're still going up against. You know, other companies have, you know, you have Intel, you have AMD, you've got other, you've got risk, you've got these other technologies here. Sometimes you do need more funding to continue. And sometimes actually being under the umbrella of somebody like Apple or Google or somebody with immense amounts of money can actually make it stronger. And I think everybody has seen the message that like, this is never, nobody's ever going to own ARM. It's always going to exist on its own. So it's never going to sort of like blow up even anymore. It feels like it's already huge, but 
Is he going to dominate more? I mean, 90% of servers is still x86. Where, where does ARM go from here? Right? And then it's just, there's no, there's, and companies, a lot of times they exist because, you know, they exist to get bought out by somebody bigger, right? Especially with trillions of dollars. So I just, I would think, I would think, honestly, if you're Apple, and Apple's always that, like, let's be honest here, folks. Apple is always that company is like, yeah, I love you. Sure. Yeah. I, I, and they're like, I'm like, what are you doing on your phone? You're looking at Tinder. What's up? You know, cause they're like, you know, that Apple's like, they're, they're looking at, they need to have their own architecture that they fully control now. Cause that's, that's like baked into Apple DNA, right? They like, okay, you know, we, we've been burned here. Uh, you know, IBM, uh, Motorola, uh, Intel, like, let's just let's just do our own thing now. I mean, really, our own thing now because ARM is there's definitely a risk there. I mean, you never know because ARM could get bought by Nabisco, and then what the hell they're going to do, right? So I, I I would just think that everybody's looking at options to to eventually long term. It's not going to happen immediately, but I just still think ARM is fundamentally damaged now after this this blow up. And then SoftBank yeah. that did it. I mean, you can't really blame Nvidia because. Somebody wants to sell me a Steam Deck out of their trunk for two hundred dollars. I'm going to buy it. You know, but I still think Microsoft's would have probably been a good option for it, even though that did it weird mixing software and hardware. But Microsoft's been a good neutral party for the PC in general. Like, Oof. yeah, ish, ish, yeah. I know they but, are, you know, but there's way too much. They could have done all right. <laughs> I think they would have, but I mean, there, there's no way that 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 Apple would have ever and Google would have been like cool with. Microsoft no. owning. I mean, that's the problem now. It's sort of like it's sort of like it can never grow bigger. It feels like. That, I mean, that's that's what I mean. Everyone's making custom chips these days, and a lot of them is powered by ARM. And Apple licenses like the ARM, like basics of it, but they have their own architecture and everything. So, and a lot of other companies are doing that too. So, yeah, remains to be seen. But I think ARM is still going to be at the heart of that. Risk B, like might start doing that for some technologies like intel just announced a billion dollar fund for different chip startups and a lot of that's going to risk b and sci-fi and stuff like that but i think yeah arm's going to be here to stay i don't know if it can get bigger but it's already huge so i mean you can be switzerland and still yeah. have your own power in your own right it just may not be the same as everyone else flashing their nukes you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, because people are like, well, like hey, it. you know what? We're we're about to go to war here. Let's check what Switzerland has to say about this. We want your advice. Should we? No, we don't care what you do, Switzerland. Give me some Ricola. Get out of here. We're gonna do this thing. I just kind of, I, I don't think you know. And that's you know, I, it feels like if they're if Arm is going to go to war with everybody else, continue to get that. It feels like it's it's fundamentally a lot harder now. So I don't know. I. I I think that. And here's the other question, though. Is NVIDIA fundamentally weaker coming out of this? They are now the seventh no. largest company in the world. By the way, they bumped off Meta, I think, because Meta Facebook. lost Facebook a is, ton of money yeah. recently. But is does this whole deal hurt NVIDIA? You know? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, other than paying for that restocking it, fee. but No, I think it could have done very well for NVIDIA if it went through. The restocking fee hurts. Uh, but I think NVIDIA's, there's a reason why it's as highly valued as it is now. I wouldn't be surprised if their stock does go down in the future, but that'll be when the GPU bubble bursts, when demand happens, uh, catches up, and Ethereum crashes and stuff like that. I don't think it'll be related to this. So, we're, But I mean, but NVIDIA does need a general purpose processor, though, right? I mean, it feels like. 
Yeah, they're the Intel is going to have its GPU soon. It's got its CPUs. AMD's obviously offers both and has for a while. And B is the one missing from there. So it does. I can see why they took the stab. But well, what do they do though? If you're NVIDIA? I mean, obviously though they they are ninety percent of of graphics on the PC, so they're in no fear, no danger of losing any control. But I I do wonder, do they need to invest in something else? To no. They're doing fine. They're, the graphics are... They've done a great job convincing the world that graphics power is what's needed for a lot of what's coming down the pipeline. And I think that's what their strength is. I think this would have been a good fit for them, but I think they'll be just fine nonetheless. I don't think this hurts them tangibly, their basic business. Yeah. It's kind of... It, it is a lot... I mean, and again, I, I do think NVIDIA probably was a home that would have been more acceptable frankly microsoft like apple probably well there's certainly no friends with nvidia but you would think that apple is like in if arm had been in control of somebody they would rather have seen it in nvidia's control than microsoft or mm-hmm. intel right so but now it'll be the public <laughs> <sighs> yeah yeah so it's not happening so all the cool ideas, all the cool dreams. They might still happen, the things that NVIDIA was hoping to do with ARM. I mean, they can still license it. They can still do whatever they were going to do. But they obviously won't be invested into advancing ARM the way that they presumably would have if they bought the company. Yeah. Hmm. But, uh, real quick, I, I totally spaced it. I'm so sorry. Um, we had three three friends of the show give us super chats. Uh, I need to read those before we move on. Uh, Rise Beyond Fate gave us uh, four ninety nine. Thank you so much. And said can't afford the GPU this year, so this the APU in the Steam Deck will be the GPU of the year. So who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll see. Maybe <laughs> maybe maybe. Uh, and then uh, PJ's uh, gave us five dollars. Thank you so much. Said uh, thank you, Gordon, for being an influence on my years getting into PC hardware. 90s to early 2000s. Uh, glad to see your knowledge going to new generations. So, oh, yeah. Old school. There you go. Uh, and uh, Henry K. gave us a uh, 499. Thank you so much. Said, don't forget emulation. Uh, you can emulate Switch games uh, on the Steam Deck. Uh, so it's true. Emulation is going to be awesome on the Steam Deck. So thank you. Uh, you know what's not going to be awesome on the Steam Deck is <laughs> Stadia. <laughs> womp, womp, womp. Where, where is Stadia awesome? Ooh. Uh, right to the point, Brad. Yeah. Good, good question. Wow. What? It might be coming to your Peloton bikes I saw this week, though. So, <laughs> Are you serious? Or are you yeah. making fun of, like, also... Well, no, that was uh, that, the, business, the, that business in, yeah, the Business Insider article that announced all this stuff that we're about to talk about. Part of it was, hey, it might be coming to Peloton bikes. And then Peloton, like, laid off 20% of its staff and stuff like that, too. So. Uh, Peloton, uh, but yes. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so wait, you're Advanced saying Peloton. Stadia is so radioactive it ended up like the, the just the mere mention of it no. with with the Peloton caused like them the, to, to riff 20% of their workforce? I mean, I, I think that would be the preferable story as opposed to what actually happened with Peloton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, so yeah, so the story is Business Insider did a big insider report talking to, I think they said 20 different people. I think that that was this one. Uh, basically, uh, Google Stadia, the company, is, according to this Business Insider report, uh, focusing more on pushing Stadia's underlying technology, rebranding it Google Steam, and having it like a white box solution for other companies. So, like, 
A and T can be AT and T can be like, hey, we want to do game streaming, so they license Google Stream, uh, Google Stadia. This report says like the consumer effort Stadia itself is only about twenty percent of the efforts in Google behind this right now, according to this report. So everything seems to be uh, focused around pushing it as a white box solution, the underlying technology, rather than a consumer service. I mean, isn't I mean we always talked about this, but isn't this classic Google, right? To just yeah. be like, to be like, you know what? It's gonna you can still buy it if you want it. It's there. We have like five people working on it. You can still buy it, but you know we're gonna repurpose it for something else. <laughs> We talked about this when Stadia launched. I think, I know for sure, I was like, how long, like, what's the over-under on how long it's going to be alive? And everyone's like, oh, I feel like at least five years. Has it been five years? I don't know. I don't know. Two or three years. I don't feel like people were saying that, though. Gordon didn't say five years. (laughs) I think people were saying it was like, oh, yeah, it's already like, it's already like, you know, flipping over on the runway and fuel going everywhere, I think, is what we were saying at the time, right? Because it was, we clearly, the launch made zero sense, even though it had so much promise. Yeah, that's the rough part. Like, all the cool features and stuff they showed leading up to it are awesome. Like, the ability to just leap right into where your favorite streamer was playing a game on YouTube. Be like, oh, I want to play that right there, right now. And be able to click a button, and you're right in that spot with the exact same save file. That's awesome. Being able to see what your friends are doing in the corner while you're playing a multiplayer game. That's awesome. But it just it just never happened. You know, and the thing that I really was sort of hoping it would work is the server-based gaming. Because a lot of the problems with multiplayer games is because of the latency getting to the server, right? There's just so much latency. Everybody's got different latency and the package are coming at different, different times. Basically, a lot of it, like you could do a you know five hundred player server and everybody could be on there, and the experience would be far better than trying to doing it in a conventional manner. At mm-hmm. least that was what was pushed, but I don't think we ever saw that though, right? And we never saw. I mean, just so many broken promises. I, I just don't. They googled it. Yep. Mm. How did like? Oh. I mean, yeah, we just got a $5 super chat from a friend of the show, uh, Cordarius Technology. It said the reason it failed is because of Google. Yeah, it's it's they Googled it. Uh, I, I mean, I, I think for me, the biggest thing, because, I mean, we all kind of knew that it had a chance of going this way, right? I mean, they had a chance, but, you know, it, it just didn't work out. Uh, I think the hardest part is that, yeah, like, how long are you going to keep that up there? Like, imagine if somebody didn't realize what Stadia was and got, like, sucked into to just starting to buy games on there. Like, why even continue the service? I actually wish they would yeah. just come out and be like, dead. It's killed. You can't do it anymore. Well, and piss off the people dead. who have already bought it. Well, but they're they're not going to service it. They're not going to, like, it, it's not going to be, like, updated. Like, who knows if new games, you know, how well, often they're going to come out. I will say that, one... Uh, I don't think it's any more or less dead than it already was. Like it was already not a thing I would have recommended. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm the, and they uh, should have killed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But for what it's worth, like just this week, I got uh, from their PR. You know, the new Rainbow Six game is out on Stadia. They have 200 plus games available on Stadia. 100 plus games are expected to arrive on Stadia in 2022. So it is still alive. It's not dead. There were a bunch of headlines saying this is dead. It's not dead. They're still putting the basic effort in that they were before. Well, but that's the thing. But, Would you uh, ever recommend somebody buy into something that is just giving the basic effort? <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> Brad, but let me ask you, this is if 
a tree falls on a Schrodinger's cat in the forest <laughs> and no one is there to play the game on Stadia, is Stadia does it is it actually still alive if no one is playing any games on there yeah i i really feel like i mean it's just like yeah i i I don't know like why would they keep why would they keep it going if they're just gonna let it like on life support like did you have you guys ever seen uh the destiny 2 player base things that came out i forget who mentioned because you could look at the destiny 2 and this like daily users it's like Thousands and thousands of people, millions of people on consoles, on PC, on Steam. And then it's like 8,000 people on Stadia or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why you would argue that they, you were saying they yeah. never were alive in the first place. So Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So it's just for me, it's like it, I, I feel like it'd be better to just kill it, kill it, than just let it live in per- perpetuity like this, like well, in, in this dead state. We all know having used Google products before is yeah. the let's 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 not just let's make you suffer some more and just make you think it's gonna yeah it's gonna continue and then you know what's gonna happen is it gonna launch oh we have a competing service based on something a different team did that's totally different like what and we're gonna call it the same thing it just spelled a little differently to confuse you and then we're gonna kill that one and then we'll finally kill it all right so i and then we'll go back to the original (laughs) and then we'll go back to the original i Oh, I just, yeah, I mean, because I, I really believe everybody, I mean, didn't everybody just kind of call this when it came out, though? It was kind of oh, like, yeah. it was yeah. the way. Botched launch, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so it's not actually any more dead than it was, so there's a bunch of headlines around that. Don't, you know, take that with a grain of salt. It's clearly not in a strong place. So, But it is cool underlying tech, and so there could be a phoenix out of this, like, you know, because like we said, the the underlying tech is really cool. If they're able to develop the tech and offer it to other things, something cool could come out of it. I just don't think Stadia is going to wind up being the actual answer. But do you think those features that they talked about ever existed? Or were they just simply, wow, that, that is a really great PowerPoint item to show off as we market this? Did, they, did it ever exist? Did it ever really come out? I mean... Some of them did in limited capacity. I think... Ghost Recon Breakpoint had the one where you could see yeah. partner plan. Yeah. But they didn't have the big games behind them. They didn't well, like nobody picked it up. And a lot of that stuff that they originally promised like this is going to be coming and I think they fully intended on it to come, but then when it launched everyone's like I'm not going to trust Google with my money. I'm not invested in that. <laughs> they pulled back. Actually, I do remember one bright spot, maybe the brightest spot they had was when uh, Cyberpunk came out. The Stadia version actually did better than than some other console versions that like in made, performance. Yeah, in performance. <laughs> so, Wouldn't yeah. have taken much though. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Let's see. Right after Stadia launched, August 13, twenty twenty. So that was pretty soon after Stadia launched. Uh, there were a total of four thousand users playing Destiny Two on Stadia, and about a thousand of them playing multiplayer. So. Ooh, that's rough. <laughs> You know, and the bummer thing is that it gets to Adam's point is the whole world where we have sort of have soft licenses to stuff is it kind of sucks because you've bought this game on Stadia that, you know, damn well, you're not going to be able to use in five years. Yeah. So I, I in you know, in, and I look at like the multiple failed Microsoft, you know, music initiatives, the, all that music is you vaporized. You're never going to access that again either. So I. I yeah. 
It does right. make you like really cherish your CD sometimes, you know. <laughs> I would love to see them acknowledge the fact that they're changing direction on this and honestly refunding people's money for games that they purchase. Microsoft has done this several times where like they shut down a service or like they prepare to like sunset something and they're like, hey, you know what? We changed direction, but you're not going to have to like, you know, eat the cost of that. So here you go. I mean, they've got the money for it. So that I think would at least lessen the sting of people having tried to invest in this, you know, initiative of theirs. Do you foresee I, any? Oh, good. I was going to say like the whole thing is this console in the cloud. That's what we've always called it. And it's one that clearly did not, not have great necessarily odds for success. So people make fun of me for pushing, not pushing, but mentioning GeForce now so <laughs> often. But this is part of the reason that we do. Cause it's like, not just because we're, PC world and we're PC first, but because that's the games that you already own, you're going to still have them if this whole thing like crashes and burns, which it looks like Stadia is starting to do, and then you're just going to be out whatever games you bought. Yeah, it is funny because I, I do hear uh, more groundswell around the uh, uh, Xbox Game, Pat, Plat, Game Pass Cloud or uh, X Cloud, or you're going to call it X Cloud. I can't remember what the official title is, but you know, especially in the in the option where you're like, hey, listen, you know, I'm I'm going to play the game on my console, and then I I pick it up on my phone to you know, like the and the save transfers over, you know, so it's just like, oh, if I can't get to my console or something, I play a little bit. Uh, so you know, it, it's almost like those two services have kind of uh, been able to cement themselves in different ways too, uh, mm-hmm. between GeForce Now and and. Uh, and X Cloud, whatever. Are those? I, I don't. Um, I don't really follow the streaming services that closely. Are those really sort of like last two that are actually can be considered? Uh, yeah. Amazon has Luna, uh, which is not a bad service. It's just it's kind of like Google, where I feel like they just they have it. They're just not really doing yeah. much with it. Uh, it's like Amazon Video, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, no, I can watch you're football right. on Amazon Video. Well, and and yeah, Amazon Video, you do have. Uh, their own programming too. Like no, there's, no, there's, there's nothing on. Luna. I mean, to be fair, like I, I started watching the Expanse after friends said I should watch it. But I mean, most of the time though, Amazon Video is like it's like the two ninety nine DVD section at the Arco gas station, right? <laughs> it's just like, man, this is a junky DVD, but I'm buying it because I'm high, right? That's, I mean, that, like this is some bad movies. Like whoa, this is like. This is bad. Like, I like bad zombie movies, but this is, like, way below that threshold. And there's, like, 900 of them on Amazon Video, right? Amazon Prime Video? They're all bad. They're all $2.99 DVD, straight to DVD. (laughs) Not even straight to DVD. Straight to DVD gas station release. That's how bad almost everything on Amazon Prime is. I just sort of imagined Luna to be the same thing, you know, but it's not that bad. I mean, Ubisoft is there, of course, but that, I mean, they're everywhere, so, you know, uh, <laughs> like you can't, you can't say much, but yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's more the, it's the same kind of stadia thing where you don't own the games, you know, if, if, it, if, if it were to go belly up, like you don't own the games that so you're, it's just like a rental service. And, and to be clear, it's the same deal with Xbox, XCloud. Xbox Cloud Gaming, they call it these days. Like, you don't own those games. But you're paying $10 a month or $15 a month to be able to stream them and use as many as you want and stuff like that. That's a big difference from... Are we talking about their xCloud service or are we talking about Game Pass? I mean, it's... It's tied in. Yeah, what's the real name for it? It, uh, Xbox Cloud Gaming. Yeah, there you go. It's part of Xbox Live 
or <sighs> Game Pass Ultimate. <laughs> yeah. So that is like Netflix. You're renting it. You're also renting that, but you're paying the 10 to 15 bucks a month to play what you want out of there, which is different from having Google Stadia. Yes, there's Stadia Pro where you can play some games, but a lot of these games you pay full price yeah. for and once it shuts down. Yeah, just you, out. You, you can't just buy a game on xCloud and just own yeah. that game on that service, you know. So it's like, hey, as long as you're paying for the service, you get all these games, yeah. you know. So I, I think that's easier to digest if you're like, oh, you know what? <laughs> I don't, I don't want to pay for Game Pass anymore than you don't get access to yeah. it. So. It's like Spotify. Yeah, which, yeah, better to stomach than, than the Google stuff, but... Yeah. Where, yeah, whereas Stadia is a console that just will suddenly stop working someday, and now you're this or no. I mean, who knows? Maybe <laughs> they won't. Maybe they'll just they'll <laughs> keep it on forever. I, and there are other small services, I can't remember, uh, the, that are kind of like that, too. Uh, cloud gaming stuff, but yeah, it's real small beans. Yeah. It really, it's GeForce now. And, and uh, Wow, X-Cloud. and it really feels like console and... I, boy, you know the final. So that will be the final match. Then it'll be GeForce, <laughs> GeForce Now versus uh, XCloud. Eventually, is that what it's called? Official name: XCloud. X Xbox Cloud Gaming. Oh lord, XCloud was way cooler, but I'm <laughs> yeah. guessing it's a trademark yeah. issue. That There's probably something else in Microsoft that's called the Xbox Cloud Gaming. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that's some brand anyway. Uh yeah okay uh, sorry Google you did it again um let's get to some uh, Q and A shall we yeah sure uh so uh yeah if you have any questions right now uh put them in the chat uh, at PC World uh and I'll, I'll get them on my little sheet here uh and but if you're listening or watching this later there's a link to our Discord uh, in the description get in there there's an awesome uh community in there but then also a place where you can put your questions that I I can get to later. Uh, also, friend of the show, Tech Tech Potato, just came in evening. Um, so uh, a little while ago, Toby Treat uh, asked, uh, should they continue to use their i7-9700 non-K or upgrade to an i5-12400 uh, 12, 12, or wait for Zen 4? Okay, they have a 9700 non-K. Should they upgrade to an i5-12400 or wait for Zen 4? Well, I'm sure AMD and Intel who would like your money would like you to upgrade that shouldn't be i mean i mean clearly they need your money they want your money so that would be one reason to upgrade but generally you should upgrade only because you need it not just because you want it although the, that is a valuable upgrade option they say they have a 3070 so uh, I if you're just it. gaming i would stick with the 9700 yeah that'd be my choice i wouldn't do it unless you sort of like really are those the core count is really kind of killing you. Or what, or what about the, the platform stuff? stuff? Yeah, well, PC, no PCI four. You know, it's not yeah. that bad. You know, Gen four. I don't think it's worth it. I would definitely see what you know Zen Zen four and Raptor Lake bring because ninety seven hundred. It's a really good part still, even though it's a non K. Mm-hmm. But who cares for gaming thirty seventy? Yeah, I think you'd probably get a little more out of it, but not enough to really make it worth it, in my opinion. But Especially to buy a new motherboard, you got to buy all that new stuff with it. It's not worth it. DDR5 coming down, but you know, yeah, no, it's just generally not worth it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Dr. Ian Cutress asks, uh, did you see that Aris, A R I S, at Hardware Busters is no longer accepting GBT review samples because they tried to tie him to review approval after he'd received sending units for review? That's lame. Yeah, I mean, that, uh, a lot of that is, uh, you know, misunderstanding new people to marketing in the way it, the new new people, 
that are in the marketing departments who are now working, you know, I hate to, to call us Western journalists, but sort of journalists that are that are sort of in different places where you don't get to do that stuff. Um, although I, I don't know if it's necessarily worth cutting them off. I think it'd be better just like, hey, that's not how it's done here. You can send it or not send it. You know, if you don't send it, that's I don't really care. But, you know, you, there is value to keeping your relationship open simply than to, you know, to, to slamming the door on their face because they tried it. Because usually it's just because uh, it was my first day stuff. So, yeah, I did. I saw Buildzoid tweet about it earlier. Buildzoid is awesome. If you guys don't follow him on YouTube, if you're an enthusiast, uh, I haven't had a chance to watch Eris's video yet. So I don't know the details, unfortunately. Yeah, and you know, a lot of times you sort of see the the the, the arm twisting that they try to do. They just ask. I mean, generally, you're like, as you know, Ian, or as we know, Ian, we're like, whatever, I don't care. You just ignore them. What are they going to do? So, a lot of times, it's not really a big deal. But it is it is not a good practice. But it should also make you think about how it's done elsewhere in the world, where you know you sort of are tied to certain things. I mean, there are. And there are things you have to accept. I mean, look at the the Steam Deck reviews. There were certain limitations that were placed on them to get these units, which is fine because they're, they they keep you out of the areas of the mall that are not open yet, and you can look at the part that's open, but they're not saying, you know, you you can't say the Cinnabon over here is, is really dirty. Don't go there. You can go say that all you want, but, you know, just don't go to the part we, we don't want you to go. So there there are things you accept, but that is not cool. Uh, okay, we get a, another one, or one from uh, Rob S. It says, thoughts on Pop! OS versus Steam! OS. Do they help each other, hurt each other, will either become mainstream? Uh, I don't think either will become mainstream. I think Steam! OS will be much more popular because it'll be on the Steam Deck, and like I said, I think it's going to sell tons. I don't think... Pop! OS is really good for a Linux distro, actually. Like, if you're going to be dabbling Linux, I would recommend trying out Pop! OS. But I don't think... Linux desktop desktop installations are ever going to be big. I'm glad they exist. I you know love dabbling in Linux. I go through phases, but I don't think it's ever going to replace Windows. Yeah, no, that's that's just not going to happen. Okay, Pop OS uh, is good though. If you are interested in trying Linux, go give that live CD or whatever they call it these days a shot. That's the way go to go. It's, it's 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 actually a lot better than it used to be. Like Linux, you can do so much stuff on it that used to be an issue. It's a lot smoother these days. If you want to give it a shot, go give Pop OS a shot. That's, so that's a friendlier experience than say Linux Mint because that's I just downloaded yeah. it recently. So yeah, okay. Linux Mint, it is friendlier than Linux Mint. Uh, Linux Mint is still a lot better than it used to be. Li- Playing with Linux used to be a headache. It's not as much of a headache anymore most of the time, depending what you're doing. <laughs> you you want to hear Pop my... OS, Pop OS is very user-friendly, yes. I have a really good Linux story. This is like from the <laughs> 1990s. So on the webmaster for the, the place I worked at um, in the 1990s, dude, like, you know how Neo from Matrix, what the, he was like that dude. Like he, like, he looked like him, you know? I mean, like, that's Neo, right? Trench coat. The guy's name is David Vincent. He was our webmaster. But all the black, all that other, the whole, he had the whole Linux. He had the whole Linux, you know, uh, Matrix look. And he owned the Matrix.com. He actually owned the URL. That's oh, And that's before nice. the Matrix came out. Oh, dang. But I'm like, Gordon, you got to. Gordon, 
you 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 Windex you Windows loser. You need to try you need to try out Linux. It's like okay, I'll try it out, David. Let me. Oh, I'm trying this Red Hat. Okay, I've installed it. How do I get to the CD? Well, you just mount the the optical drive. It's like I have to mount. You have to you just shell out. I have to I have to shell out and mount the optical drive to access the. <laughs> that was like some early early Red Hat version, but that was like okay. I'm going to go back to Windows 98 now. You know, it's, it's a lot easier now. Yeah, says a lot that you went back to Windows 98 voluntarily. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like because I wanted to access my optical drive without having to shell out and mount it. It's just no, like, I know. Yeah. Just say Windows 98. <laughs> yeah, a choice. Debian yeah. um, Core S. Uh, how is VR going to evolve? What do you guys think about it? Where do you think it's going? Uh, I think I don't. I don't know if it'll ever be huge for consumers. To be honest, in the near term future, I think it went through a like it got way overhyped to begin with. Like, yes, if you do play it and use it, it's awesome. It's mind blowing. But like I said, I have a Vive and I don't touch it super often because it is very isolating and different. Uh, I would not be surprised if VR and AR winds up having much bigger application in businesses like what Microsoft is doing with HoloLens as time goes on. Yeah, but even that kind of blew up recently, right? So yeah. I yeah. I'm, I mean, you know, when there's an official term for it. It's called the Valley of Despair after the hype phase. You're so you're crawling out of that Valley of Despair once people realize, like, oh, this is hard work. I don't know. Sometimes I, I don't, I do, the, I mean, VR is amazing, awesome, but yeah. <sighs> It does sometimes feel like, yeah, this is just, I don't know. Maybe there's like a gener, you need like a generational ship, you know, like, oh, I'm not going to make it, but me and my kids, kids, kids will make it out of the VR. Right? I, th- yeah. I think it's also experiences. Like, I, I feel like, you know, uh, when you talk about games you, 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 or whatever software, you think about it like a killer app, you know, something that somebody wants so bad to get into and stay there, right? Like, a, a, you know, uh, whatever you know the the half-life alex was was partially that but mm. yeah not not enough i don't think uh so i don't know I, I think it's like they're still trying to figure out the best ways to use it and get into it you know a traditional game doesn't just map one to one so you have to have a, a a separate experience but how do you build that out what does that look like i, I feel like that that uh hasn't hasn't been cracked yet you know yeah so. no there really hasn't yeah. been the killer app for it right there's no killer app. It's still like yes, the Facebook the the Meta Quest two <laughs> is pretty popular, uh, but it still is. You know, it's portable, but it's isolating. It's inherently like technology limited. If you still want really really great VR, you gotta have a decent gaming rig, and that's not something that everybody has. Like it just, I love VR. Like, but for me. A lot of the games are really fun, but my favorite experiences were just that experiences like Google Earth or Tilt Brush or the Blue, stuff like that, I think is way more interesting than the games a lot of the time. You know, we actually did one of those, you know, multiplayer VR centers, you know, mostly off the shelf hardware. It was like an MSI VR backpack. And uh, I played, it was a Star Trek experience. Uh, I I did it with uh, two of my kids, both of my kids on uh, my Christmas or on my birthday, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, it was tetherless, so you're not tethered to anything. It was really kind of fun, you know, but it was super expensive. And it's just a curiosity, you know, for a lot of people still. A really great experience, though. Yeah, but there, there was every, everyone who uses it loves it, but I just don't think it's going to blow up anytime soon. <sighs> is it cost? Is it going to have to cost, right? Cost. I, I, well, and, and I think experience, too. 
or, you know, like, like, like getting, getting into an experience that you really want to get into, you know, you know, I know we're still trying to get the Disney sponsorship, but I want to point out, you always kind of <laughs> think they're going to play the, the, the adult industry card, right? Cause that, that saves everybody. The, the adult, the adult entertainment. I'm just surprised that, was- that that hasn't sort of like, like, wow. Yeah. I got to go have one because <laughs> of this, but you know, you kind of think that would sort of make you a winner, but. They still definitely have VR categories on adult websites. <laughs> yes. Like that was one of the early things. That's where I met Adam actually. Uh, at an what? adult thing at <laughs> Not, CES. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Please. Right yeah. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't just meet in a VR chat room uh, <laughs> on a porn site. It's not. <laughs> no. no, no. We went to a briefing together at CES. Uh, so that was very much the early. I forget where I was going with this, but yeah, it's there. <laughs> I have an embarrassing story. <laughs> it's just like I was saying, it's the uh, isolation factor and like the uncomfortableness, like even the most comfortable VR headsets, like you feel like you're wearing a headset after half an hour, 45 minutes, like the newer ones aren't that bad, but it's still just different from sitting there at your computer yeah. unencumbered listening to Spotify. Yeah, it's it's an experience. <laughs> OK, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell you the embarrassing story. It was pretty. It wasn't embarrassing oh, oh. for me either, but that was <laughs> OK. Um. <clears throat> Uh, Mike Quinton gave us a forty dollars super chat. Uh, thank you so much, friend of the show. Um, they retracted retracted the question though, so I'm I'm not quite sure if they want me to to ask it or not. Well, let, let me know in the chat. Credit credit for question asked, I guess. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, but and Evo Cotti Productions, another friend of the show, uh, gave us ten dollars. Said can't wait for the Steam Deck. Me and you. Uh, good afternoon, nerds. Pizza on me. Thank you so much. Uh, go get some pizza. I'll totally do it. Um, and then a. Uh, Another question from Dave Richards. Uh, do I really need three separate power cables coming off of the power supply to a 3080 Ti? Their power supply only came with two, and so they used the one that has the extra little, you know, offshoot thing, piggyback. Uh, I, Elena wrote an article about this. Oh, I saw Brad about speak, <laughs> and then I heard you cue me, and my brain's like, wait, what's happening? <laughs> Go ahead. Um. So... It's not strictly necessary, but uh, for like things that can get spiky, it's not a bad idea if you can do it. That's a really short way of putting it. So if you have a graphics card where you know it can be prone to having like power spikes, it's not a bad idea to have separate cables because it helps insulate. Not insulate, sorry, that's the wrong word in this concept. It helps protect against the potential of, you know, overloading that particular set of wires for what they're able to handle in that given moment i would say i agree with all that uh but practically if you use one of those daisy chain power cables to fill two of them and then just use the third one with the other one uh you'll be good to go if if it's heavily overclocked or something you might run into the issues that elena's talking about assuming that you have a powerful enough power supply to be running it reasonably to begin with uh yeah. But yeah, you should don't don't worry about Daisy Chain. You're not losing anything. Yeah, as long as it's built right, right? I mean that's yeah. as long as it's a good yeah. power supply and they're following specs for all the cables, you should be yeah. fine. The ones like the thirty eighty TIs that have the big three power supply things in there, that's more for you'll find those more in the enthusiast class ones that are made for like heavily overclocking it and stuff like that. So that's when you really have to worry about it if you start getting in there and cranking everything up. If you're just running at stock or a mild overclock, don't don't yeah. sweat it. It's not a problem. 
But if you're going to show off your build on the internet, just be prepared for the comments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Mike Quinton gave us, I think, another $40. Thank you. Oh, uh, and, Thank and you. Rephrased her question. Uh, other than just reading the specs, has anyone benchmarked high demand tasks like CAD or rendering comparing a 7K MPS to a 3K MPS M.2 SSD to see if the speed matters regardless of TLC or QLC? So you're saying under a rendering CAD, and we're talking about being... Uh, high demand tests. I.O. bound, right? Just yeah. bound? Yeah. I have not tested that. I am I would think you're just so you're just so compute bound most of the time if you're doing, you know, well, CAD is, is or, you know, honestly, not exactly generally an all, all core, all thread load. A lot of times that's sort of a very lightly threaded for a lot of CAD work, depending on what you're using, of course. But if you're talking about rendering, we're talking about video. We're talking about no. We're talking about actually modeling or video. I just do modeling. Yeah, said CAD or rendering. Well, I don't know. They said rendering. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, and people are really kind of throw that around. I would say you're generally so compute bound that it's it's not going to make a huge difference between a basically a Gen four drive or a Gen three drive. Sort of those. I don't think it would matter that much. Although it is always nice to have that, but. I don't think it's going to make a difference in those those workloads. I, I agree 100%. I would say if you're hoping to find an answer to that question, you're going to want to Google. There are some like super niche sites and YouTube videos and stuff that they get into that, and that's where you'll find your best luck trying to find that answer. <laughs> yeah, and if you're talking about like video, because remember, Adam, how it used to be with video where you were just, you were just heavily, heavily disc-bound. You know, you'd have those like eight-disc driver arrays to try to be able to get the... <laughs> Right, the right speeds, but now I mean, those things are well below what you're getting out of a M.2 drive. So, yeah, yeah, nah, I'm, I'm not too worried about it. Uh, a couple more, a couple more. Um, oh, uh, also, Ian says uh, CAD preloads files into the DRAM anyway. Um, uh, Doctor Ian Cutter, Protector Potato, also asks, uh, how do I find an Adam to hire to help with the channel? Uh, I, I want your channel to do awesome. There's only one of me, unfortunately. Sorry can't have me gordon's got me uh but i do know some freelancers actually who uh might be able to help you to reach out to me on twitter we'll 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 chat over there uh and then um yeah uh i think there's one more over on discord let's see uh oh uh, (laughs) cause uh no no uh friend of the show uh dennis siberian says uh is it a myth that it, inverted PC cases provide better cooling, especially for the GPU. I'm particularly interested if it is true for the Silverstone RL08. Any opinions? I mean, I don't think it really matters. I I personally haven't found it to matter too much. I honestly feel like the rest of the case is more influential. Like, like, is there a mesh front? Like, where you're, where are you venting? You know, kind of those spots. Uh, I actually have an RL8, RL08 on hand, but I haven't really tested it. I haven't really noticed anything too out of the ordinary. I feel like it's just one of those. Yeah, it's it's hard to say a blanket statement on that. Yeah, I, I would want think to like really get into the nitty gritty of it. I mean, because clearly flipping it over means the air just comes out, but the all of all of most. Since ninety nine percent of cases are sort of normal configurations, I I think it, they're sort of designed for straight airflow from the front. I don't think it's going to matter that much. The only time I think it did matter was 
again, back in the ancient old days when there was like one Asus motherboard that had a heat pipe going from the south bridge and it was it was oddly directional and when you put it in an inverted, you know, silverstone case, the the thing would overheat or something like that, that was but who knows? That could have just been internet lore too, so I think you can you can make any case have good airflow if you just set it up the right way. So if you're just buying it and using it stock, like I would not be surprised if there's some sort of benefit to that. But yeah. You could do yeah, anything so with that. I think it case. depends what you're putting there too. Like if you have yeah. uh, a blower style card versus you know, you know axial card, like that's also going to change your quote unquote yep. equation, so to speak, yep. for what's happening in the case. So there's a lot of different things in play. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, come more uh, gamer chat radio says. Uh, if anyone has any of us seen um, the H1, the NZXT H1 version two coverage? Any thoughts? I haven't seen. I've, I watched a couple of videos. Yeah, it's it's bigger, right? It's slightly bigger. They said mm-hmm. the hole's bigger. I think for the, the, the holes, part. the holes. Yeah, they added a fan. Obviously, the razor, razor cable's been updated. You know, so a little, little bit of tweaks here and there. But yeah, sounds no. like it's generally better. Yeah, they've they've taken lessons from the Gen One and 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 added it, uh, giving you a Gen Four riser cable. That hey, by the way, they made sure their subcontractor did not drill a million holes through it. So um, <laughs> it's still a really it's a it's for what it is. You have to consider you're getting power supply cooler with a case. It's it's a really great build for if you're interested in and it's e- no space. easy to build in, easy know, to build in, yeah, quick to build cool, in, cool and size. To, you know, really, you know. The reason why you have tall buildings is not to spread out. So, if you have limited real uh, desk real estate, it's a it's a great machine. It's, yeah, still pretty niche though. But yeah, no, yeah. So, uh, okay, last one uh, from uh, Toby Treat again. Uh, good end question. What is your favorite DOS PC game? Uh, I'd say I- X Wing. For me, it was X Wing. That's why I was like so excited, and of course, then subsequently disappointed in the new X Wing, but. X-Wing was, is, is the game, I think. I spent way too many hours playing Frontier Elite 2 back in the day. I was actually super glad to see Elite Dangerous happen. Like, I used to, when I was young, I used to, like, write fan fiction for it and stuff like that. Like, I was hardcore <laughs> into Frontier Elite 2. So, <laughs> I also like, you know, oh, X-Wing's good, Rise of the Triad, all those older things. Yeah, and of course, I guess... Doom, you know, obviously that's but that's just way too easy to say. So, Doom was 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 amazing at the time. I liked Rise of the Doom was amazing at the time. I also I loved Rise of the Triad back in the day. Like there was, <laughs> <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> that was actually yeah, that was just overboard, right? So to like to me yeah. that Rise of the Triad was like wow, this is just insanely overboard. Now yeah, it's like the remake that they did five years or so ago is just as ridiculous. I like Painkiller. Remember, of course, this wasn't a DOS game, but Painkiller was pretty overboard, too. I don't know if you ever played that one. That was... Oh, yeah, Descent, man. That was... <laughs> and I get silent because consoles. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the, I, uh, I did I did play a couple games on, on my parents. Um, I, I had to look it up to remember the... I, I remember playing the original Duke Nukem, the side-scroller. Uh, yeah, and just, yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, but then also I looked up on, on GOG.com, uh, Star Trek Judgment Rights. I remember playing, it was a point and click and I like got so frustrated. I got stuck on this like cave thing 
and I couldn't like for the life of me kept trying to butt my head against it but just never or maybe it was the uh, I, I can't remember if it was Judgment Rights or or the other one that j- just Star Trek uh, 25th anniversary but yeah well, one of those Star Trek point and click adventures was the bane of my existence at the time hmm. so I, I think I mentioned on here before but I used to play in addition to Frontier Elite 2 there's an RPG game called Betrayal at Crondor that I spent way too many hours playing when I was a kid <laughs> I got one of the demo discs with PC Gamer or something like that and I played it and then as no, ten-year-old Brad mowed a bunch of little lawns to go buy that and play it nonstop. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. All right, cool. Uh, we we have other questions. I uh, can't get to them. We'll, we'll get to them next week, I promise. Uh, yeah. So, but we got we got to get out of here. So, Gordon, check back take next us out. week for your fix of PC Talk on the Full Nerd for audio listeners. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher. And if you're on one of those services, please do leave a review. Every time you do, SoftBank charges some company an immense amount of money for a restocking fee. Send questions and comments to the full nerd at PCWorld.com. Thanks for coming. I'm Gordon Ong with Brad Charkas. Adios, yo. Eleni Yee. Bye, everyone. And Adam Patrick Murray is going to hit the off switch. Uh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Have, uh, have a good rest of your week, and we will see you later. Bye.